Welcome to The Untrue Show, Episode 6. Hi everyone, it's Dana here and I'm back with another episode or another podcast. And I'm excited. I can't believe I'm on Episode 6 of The Untrue Show. But I have had a great time with these last five episodes and can't wait to have more fun with you guys in the future. Um, how's everything going? I, right now, I am drinking some apricot LaCroix, washing clothes, and sitting here excited to talk to you again. Um, I, I don't know. I just get really excited about doing these podcasts, and it's been the most fun I've had creating in a long time. So thank you for listening and being here. And today I am not going to share any trending topics, but instead I'm going to talk about the year in review, in memoriam, right? 2016 has been a great year for me personally. And I, yeah, I just, the more I reflect back on it, the more I'm like, okay, I think that I've done some great things. I've accomplished some goals that I set out for myself, um, some of those that I'm most proudest of would be I became a mentor. I really wanted to do a mentorship program with an elementary school student, so I'm now doing that. Uh, my mentee is a ninth grader, and she's great. She's 10, and she's just really sweet. And every time I go see her, I think that it just makes my day go so much better. She's really fun, and it's nice to be around a little kid. I feel so out of the loop on things that she says are trending with her. She loves Nickelodeon shows, and I feel like I'm still in the mindset of, like, all that Nickelodeon, Kenan and Kel. So she'll tell me about these new shows, and I'm like, you're going to have to describe that to me because I haven't kept up with Nickelodeon in a long time. But she is great, and I'm really excited that I got the chance to do that. I found a new job opportunity in 2016. I essentially didn't change careers, but I took on a new role in the same field, which is digital marketing. So now I work a lot more with analytics and insights, which are the backbones of marketing. Um, Essentially, you need to know what people are doing, how they're doing it. And that's what analytics gets to tell you. So I look at analytics now. And I also still work on digital campaigns, um, social media campaigns, email marketing campaigns, and how both of those work together with the analytics to 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 market better to do to do marketing better. I mean, everybody who works in marketing is always trying to find a way to do it better, to do things that on a different scale and to just be the best at their job. So Analytics is is the what do I say the root of great marketing. You need analytics to provide better marketing strategies, better marketing um, campaigns, and to please the customers because that's the number one priority when it comes to marketing. Satisfying the customers, delivering enjoyable experiences and enjoyable products that they will find value in and come back to. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. That's two things. And then another thing I'm really excited about is just growing my faith. I've worked really hard to um, to just analyze things a little bit more, to dig a little bit deeper, to know more about myself and my strengths and weaknesses, and to just grow closer in, in my faith and everything I believe in, like just holding out and having hope and thinking abundantly in the fact that the future is better than everything that I've already been through. It's better than the past. And what I'm working towards 
is going to be so much sweeter than everything I've already been through. So remembering that, keeping it in mind and just appreciating the year that was 2016. So with that being said, I like I like I brought up before, I'm going to talk about five things about the year um, in memoriam. So let's get started. Uh, the very first thing that I'd like to talk about that was memorable to me would have to be uh, earlier this year, I saw one of my favorite artists was coming into Atlanta and I was like, I got to go see him in concert. So I bought a ticket and went to the Fox Theater with one of my friends and saw the concert. And then a couple days later, it came out that the artist died and it was Prince. So that's my very first thing about 2016. I have no memories of this concert except the ones in my head and one picture or a couple pictures of just an empty stage. Cause he asked us not to take any photos, no video. And I respected those wishes and just took in the moment. And the thing that stood out to me about it the most was the fact that I didn't need the camera to feel like I was having a great time or to, to remember it and to have all these video clips on it. I just needed to be present in the moment. And I felt so present by not being held captive to trying to make video and get get pictures it was nice and I'm gonna have those memories forever even if I don't have the pictures and all that stuff so I I think it it just it meant everything in the world to me to see Prince one time before he died and um to be one of the people at one of his last concerts ever I just think that was just so special to me and that's why I stood out about this year just because I've been a Prince fan mostly since college, but I still remember being a kid and hearing Diamonds and Pearls. So that was probably one of the first most memorable Prince songs I ever heard was Diamonds and Pearls. And I loved it. And the most beautiful girl in the world. And I loved that one. And I didn't really discover his 80s music and Purple Rain until I went to college and I was a little bit older. So the 90s era Prince is what I really remember as a kid. And getting to hear him sing those songs live and Little Red Corvette and all the classics and and even hearing new songs like I'd never heard Pop Life. So that was great to hear him sing that. And yeah, I, I think, I mean, I'm smiling as I talk about this just because I'm never going to forget being able to go to that concert and making the decision to buy those tickets. And it is definitely one of those moments that you'll never forget. And I'm, I'm really glad I was able to be there. And I think his death was just, it was, tra- you know, it just, it was tragic. It was painful and he's so young. Um, but I think he'll be well remembered through his music and through Purple Rain for sure. And, you know, maybe his other movies that he did, but Purple Rain specifically for me. Um, Yeah, so that's my number one of five things about 2016. The second would have to be Simone Biles. So watching the Rio Olympics and seeing her dominate was so priceless to me. I... I I was just speechless and in awe of her talent just because she is so great and she has this positive spirit and she seems like someone that I'd want to talk to. And then not only her presence out there, but I saw these other videos where she was talking about um, one where people were talking about her. So a gymnast like Nastia Lucan, I think that's how you pronounce her name. And I want to say Sean Johnson and a couple 
couple coaches were just talking about Simone and they had these rave things to say about her and talking about how her skills are just on a whole different level from everybody else and even that move that she does I think it's like the double layout and with the half twist at the end and the um leap I know it's not called a leap but it looks very similar to a leap uh, that she has to do because she has so much power in her tumbling pass and it's called the Biles. It's actually the, um, I think the second pass in her floor routine. And maybe I'm talking gymnastics piece. I'm sorry, but I think it's the second tumbling pass across the mat in her floor routine that no one else in the world can do. And they, there's this whole video with the New York times where they break down that move and they like slow motion it and show each different rotation and each different turn and twist and, I loved watching that and learning more about her before the Olympics. And then after the Olympics, Vogue magazine did a 73 question video with her. And I thought that was the cutest thing. And I actually just bought her book. So I'm really excited to read it because a big part of her story is her faith journey and, you know, some of the aspects of her being adopted. So I thought it was a really great black girl magic moment for sure, but a moment that is very memorable for 2016 to just see her go out there and just be the best and just own it. And to be, to be such a great person as well, in addition to being the best, it it makes it even better. So that's moment number two out of five, Simone Biles and watching the Rio Olympics and seeing her just own it, um, was really, really great for this year. So the third thing I'm going to talk about this year is I feel like more than anything or more than a, the last year's past, I've been really into going to the movies and listening to really great music and like purchasing the music that I find that's really great. Um, <clears throat> some of the albums that I bought this year would be A Tribe Called Quest, Beyonce, um, Bruno Mars and Solange and all of them were worth every single penny. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to them over and over and over and I hope to listen to them in the future as well. So I enjoyed those and there's there's a lot of music man. It's like so many great albums came out and even great singles. Um, I've really started getting into anti again, but I think that came out in 2015. But some of the singles I've gotten more into as time has gone by, the anti, which is Rihanna's last album. And then as far as movies, there's been some great movies that came out this year. I really liked Captain America, Civil War, Deadpool. uh, So that's the superhero theme right there. Then I really enjoyed Zootopia. Like I said, I talked about it recently, but Moana was so great. And also Barry. I've really, really enjoyed Barry. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of that one, but it's the story of Barack Obama when he first got to Columbia. And it talks about his struggle to fit in. He couldn't really fit in with the white students at his school. And he also felt like he didn't fit in with the um, African-American students at his school. So it shows his, his growth. And it helped me learn a lot about his mom and his dad. I didn't really know anything about his parents. I think I'd read a little bit about them. But it shows more of their backstory, talks about how they met. It shows a relationship that he had before he met Michelle. Because when he went to Columbia, I think he was like 20, 21. When he met Michelle, it was after law school. So he was definitely a little bit older. And it's just interesting to see how 
how our lives go, like who we date before our spouse. And yeah, that was interesting to watch him have a relationship prior to Michelle because all we've seen him with is Michelle Obama. So that was, it was a really good movie. I definitely highly recommend it. I saw it on Netflix. I think it's coming to stars. And I've also just started watching OJ Made in America, which I feel like that's going to have its own podcast just because it's totally blow my mind around marketing and OJ Simpson's appeal which I didn't really know anything about but I'm learning so much and I've really enjoyed what I've seen so far and it dives a lot deeper into everything that was going on in the culture and not just around the um the trial that he had which I think the other show is mostly around the trial I didn't watch it but um the one with American Crime Story right yeah so this one focuses kind of on like everything that was going around on around the time of OJ Simpson's popularity around how he became a big star around his time at USC um, time playing for New York after after football life where he retired he was with Nicole Brown Simpson and before her when he was with his first wife so I'm definitely gonna finish watching it and give it more uh, conversation and more more thought because it's been very interesting from a marketing perspective and it's definitely piqued my my desire to learn more about how marketable he was I didn't know any of that I was so young when the trial happened so it's yeah all this is really new to me and I didn't know who he was until the trial matter of fact so it shows how much I was into sports or it shows actually more so how young I was when this was all going on so that's the third thing uh, around music and movies. The fourth thing that I'm going to talk about is going to be the 2016 election cycle. Um, yeah, kind of feel like I'm talking tired of talking about that. And I'm pretty sure people are tired of hearing about that. So it was so long and so stressful, so shocking, so surprising. But the role that social media played in that you know, it, it's hard to judge it against any previous campaign because I feel like even in 2012, people weren't as, they, they were engaged in social media, but social media is different from four years ago. And yeah, I mean, it's different from four years ago and it's hard to judge this campaign against any other in history because we didn't never have candidates tweeting to millions and millions of followers and having a brand in a reality TV show and hotels across the world and having a first lady run um a former first lady run for office it's just probably something that will never happen in history this type of matchup that we had running for presidency between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump like we're never gonna have a matchup like that as a match made in what not in heaven because they didn't they weren't together but you know a match that will probably never happen again in history that's probably the best way to say it. <laughs> so that matchup will probably never happen again. So we lived through it. And now we have Donald Trump as our president elect. So he's coming soon. And it's just been such a crazy process. I know me personally, I had several days of digital detox and time away from the internet just to feel a little bit of peace and then have us have a, you know, mental break because it was getting so intense especially amongst people on Facebook like I feel like I had Facebook friends who were like Democrats should just be happy for Republicans we were we didn't complain about 
you know, when we had Barack Obama in office, which isn't entirely true. Um, then I had people on the other side, like Donald Trump is the devil, you know, just, it ranged all over the spectrum from people being really happy to people being really sad to people who were really sad coming after people who were really happy. And then people were really happy trolling people who were really sad. So it was hurtful across the board and the whole thing was just, yeah, it was just out of this world. It definitely made me personally want to look into the history of politics. I'm not much for reading about history, but I started looking at a couple history books when I was in Barnes and Noble the other day. And I was looking at, um, a couple around, you know, who were our most successful presidents and why were they the most successful and what did they do? And, and the desire to learn about that really wasn't there until this election cycle. Cause I'm like, okay, maybe I need to dig a little bit deeper into why this didn't work or why this didn't work or why this president was like not popular at all. And this president is popular or how Donald Trump got elected. You know, all those things, it's made me want to just stay informed, stay woke and stay, stay in the mix of things and aware of everything that's happening. So that is my number four thing, the 2016 election cycle. And we'll leave that one there because it's definitely not that exciting or fun. <laughs> and move on to the fifth topic, which is a little bit more exciting and fun. It's definitely going to have to be Lemonade, which is the um, Beyonce album that came out this year, right? I don't think it came out after the Super Bowl, but um, Formation, the song came out before the Super Bowl, the day before the Super Bowl, the Saturday before, and it was just a big deal. And I remember watching the video and I'm like blown away by the costumes, by the words to the song, by all of the magical melanin in the video because everyone was just so beautiful their hair was beautiful and I just was so drawn into it like wow the imagery here is so great like it's just excellent and then to see to, to listen to the whole album and to hear the poems I just really enjoyed it and I thought it was so different and I mean to make a movie of all your music videos from one album add poetry with it put it on HBO was wild to me um and another thing like I didn't have HBO until I watched the Beyonce video and was like I need HBO so I signed up for HBO after though just to watch the video and I've kept it ever since so I've been enjoying um I tried to get into Game of Thrones I can't really figure out what's going on but I'm still watching it I'm not giving up on it yet but anyway so I became an HBO subscriber because of lemonade so I guess thanks lemonade for making me keep HBO um I you know watch a lot of shows on there now still but regardless um that album I feel like the use of sleigh was an overload over the holiday season just because people were taking things like sleigh ride and turning it into s-l-a-y that sleigh instead of the sleigh that you do ride and they literally slapped it on everything. And I want to give a lot of that credit to this Lemonade movement and everything that Lemonade was about. Another thing that was big in 2016 would have to be Pokemon Go. And I feel like Pokemon Go is the trend that peaked and quickly died a a quick death. It wasn't even like a slow death. It was a a very fast peak and everyone was into it everyone loved it for a short a short amount of weeks 
and then it very quickly just fell off the block, fell off the game, and died. Um, I don't know anyone who still plays Pokemon Go. I got a new cell phone. I don't have the Pokemon Go app on it, but I did play for a little bit of time, and I had a couple. I had a. I have a friend who has two friends, and they used to meet up and go to different Poke stops and have poke i don't know if they're called poke swarms but they'd all get together all these people who like to play pokemon go and just hang out in the park in atlanta and like piedmont park atlantic small a stone mountain and just try to catch rare pokemon and that's so funny to me it's funny but it's it's kind of cool that they were able to get that many people really engaged in the game, but it just didn't have longevity. So that's not the cool part. So I'm not sure who still plays it. I don't even hear people talking about it as much as they used to. It was fun while it lasted, right? Okay. I have a funny story, right? So I was at the DMV getting my license renewed and they have this, I guess, DMV TV, which I didn't know they had. And on DMV TV, they have a couple um minutes of a slideshow that talk about how you should not play Pokemon Go and drive so I'm not sure if um I'm just not in the demographic anymore that's playing and maybe the young kids are still playing it I don't know I just don't hear them talking about it like I used to so that was a trend that quickly came this year and went away uh, another thing that happened this year that really stood out to me in in the social world was the fact that Twitter announced two things two big things to me one that they were going to start streaming the NFL So I've watched a couple NFL football games on Twitter on my phone and I really liked it. I thought it was cool, especially because I don't have cable. So it's nice to be able to watch all the games there and then interact right away using the hashtags. Um, I think Twitter has definitely stepped it up in terms of getting us more engaged on Twitter while watching television. And the fact that I can watch the NFL on Twitter and engage at the same time on Twitter is very cool it's very new and I mean it's something I probably would be doing anyway I'd probably be tweeting about football anyway so it's nice to just do it all in one place and at one time so I like that partnership I like Twitter and um, NFL together so um, the second thing that Twitter announced that was kind of of a big deal to me was the fact that they're going to be eliminating Vine and They haven't done it yet. So they said they were going to be getting rid of Vine or phasing it out at the end of October or November. I can't remember. But regardless, Vine is still up and running and going. I've seen new NBA Vines. I've seen new regular Vines. Um, Once they announced that they were shutting Vine down, I went back and got it on my phone and started like liking all the posts and um, looking at new posts because I hadn't done it in a while. And I just missed Vine. I mean, Vine is so fun. And I think that it's underestimated and maybe um, the fact that it's still around means that they saw how many people were upset that it was going away and they're going to get more active in trying to to bring it to valuation so I think that's why they were saying they were getting rid of it just because it really didn't have any value and um, the top viners a lot of the top viners were wooed away by Facebook Facebook was offering them more money and Vine or Twitter, who owns Vine, was not giving them the protection that they needed from bullying, from um, negative comments, from harassment, and they weren't paying them or really engaging with them in that way to stay. It's I think the only way you can really drive engagement on Vine is to like revine or comment, but the comments or the engagement portion of Vine aren't the big focus. It's more about having this really cool content. So for content creators not being able to to really show that engagement is detrimental so maybe you know the announcement 
prompted them to get a lot of feedback and a lot of advice on how they can improve the platform and they can definitely do that and maybe that's why it's still standing today because they plan to do that and I hope it sticks around I think Vine was very unique until another big social media thing that happened this year or not even just this year but Instagram basically started copying Vine and ripping off everything that they were and in a sense did it better because more people use Instagram so they kind of just took all the best parts of Vine like uh, being able to loot video and sh- and showcase the video and also you have your pictures on Instagram so they did that and I, now you can do Instagram videos for up to one minute so they kind of took it and ran with it I think it started at 10 seconds now it's 60 seconds and then um Instagram this year started really copying Snapchat which to me has been really unfortunate because Snapchat is just so cool on its own as its own thing and I like watching people snaps and then Instagram snaps came out or Insta stories or whatever they want to call them it's just a rip off of Snapchat but whatever so Insta stories popped up and they um let you just tell your stories the same way you do on Snapchat but more people can engage with them since I feel like more of my friends use Instagram than Snapchat so I feel like I get more views on the Insta stories when I do want to do them than I do sometimes on Snapchat though I get views there too but Snapchat is kind of like a little secret and I like that part of it it's kind of hidden and tucked away while Instagram is very public facing and open where everyone can see it and kind of engage with you so that's a big difference right there And then recently, I know Instagram started letting you do, um, now you can click on a website from an Insta story, which that was a pretty cool new update or new feature to it. But I don't like the big trend that social media sites are moving towards now where you can go live. I don't want to go live on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. And I I don't think that trend is going away. So I guess I'm going to have to get used to it. But if I had to go live on one, I'd probably pick Facebook just because it was first. And it's the one side of all the ones that are going live that I've actually really like watched a lot of content on and really enjoyed it. And I've watched newscasts on it. I thought it was pretty cool. So I'd go with that one if I had to pick one out of all three. And the one I'd probably be least likely to watch would be Instagram stories. I haven't watched one yet. Um, I just think Instagram is doing the most lately. And I wish that they would stick to not trying to be everything and please everybody with everything they're offering, but really try to just be Instagram and go back to what I liked about it, offering really great photos and fun filters and the opportunity to share stories through, through those things, through those images and focus back on the basics instead of trying to do all this extra stuff. That's the most. So that's what I'd say. And I know I covered my five topics and then I talked a little bit longer about all these other great things that happened in 2016, just because it's been a really good year for me personally, professionally, and overall for, for, to just be alive. It's like, what a time to be alive. Right. Um, and I'm looking forward to 2017. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, I don't, you know, have mixed feelings at the, at the end of the year. I did last year. I was like, I can't wait to see 2015 go. And Fortunately, my 2016 was better than my 2015. And like I said earlier, the future ahead of us is so much better than everything we've already been through, everything you've already learned, and everything you've already experienced, everything good and bad. So I'm looking ahead and excited about what I see there, excited about what I can't see because it's foggy, but excited about what's to come and excited to to enter into the new year and it's going to be even better than 2016 was and I hope the same for all of you guys so 
for today is looking ahead and understanding and knowing that our future days are going to be greater than our past days. And the untrue is all the doubt, all the fear that is facing us in the days ahead and uncertainty, just getting a greater control and handle over that feeling and those emotions so that we can remember to think abundantly and to think to, to think positively and to try to be open to the good things that are out there for us and, and owning those good things and understanding that they're coming and being enthusiastic about them. And it's hard because some days you don't want to be happy and excited. And I know I don't. Um, so I know it's the same for all of you guys out there, but keeping in mind like the, the positive part of it, that they, the, the future days are definitely greater than the ones we've already lived. So Thank you guys for listening. I can't wait to podcast more in 2017. That's definitely one of my goals. And hope you guys listen on the next episode. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can tweet me at the great Dana J. And you can email me at thegreatdanaj at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. And uh, if you like my podcast, rate me. Hopefully it's five stars. But if not, give me whatever you feel like giving me. And hopefully I can learn something from it and make things better. Thanks so much for listening. And like I said, I can't wait to podcast more in 2017 and share more of my journey. And hopefully you guys will share more of your journey with me. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.